Welcome to Stories of Rune Terra. My name is Guy Black, or Raven Hood on the interwebs, and I am just a humble storyteller here to bring you into the vast world of Rune Terra created by Riot Games. Welcome to a bonus episode. We will be continuing our Child of Zaun read-through, which is a short story that was requested I read by a fan. It's a very long short story, so I'm doing it in a couple parts. This will be part two, and I will be releasing the next one next week after we do our champion next week because this one is long, and I try and keep these to about 15 to 20 minutes if I can. So thanks again for listening. Once more, this is the story Child of Zahn, written by Ian St. Martin, part two. If you would like to listen to part one, please go check out our Urgot lesson that we released last week. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Child of Zaun. This is a story on the Riot Games Universe website written by Ian St. Martin. They say when something's hurt and on the run, it heads back to what's familiar. A nest or warren, some kind of sanctuary where you know you'll have some walls to put around you. Precious few sanctuaries in the sump, for me at least. There might have been a handful of places I could go, but now everywhere I look, there's that mark, the spider that swallowed everything. I need something to catch my breath, and down here there's only one place I can think of. I'm hazy on when and how I first ended up at Hope House for foundling children. I haven't thought about the orphanage in a while, but I still know the way by heart. You always remember how to get home, even when you ran away from it. I stay out of the open, keeping the shadows and side streets to avoid any more encounters. I watch the clots of gangers moving around, every one of them armed, but no chaos. They aren't breaking or wrecking a thing down here. Why smash up what you already own? My hand is getting distracting, joining my ribs with a sharp poke each time my heart beats. I can feel it swelling up under the wraps, not broken, but damn near close. I just pull them tighter. Round a corner, and there it is. Hope House, in all its dull, crumbling glory. It was far from in good shape when I left it, and the years since haven't been any kinder. I'm amazed it's still standing. For a second, I'm a kid again, coming home banged up from a scrap or a heist. I can't keep the smile off my face seeing it. Kids chase each other around the front of the building, the faster, healthier children outpacing those with a missing limb or wheezing through third-rate ESO filters. They see me coming and scatter. Trust is a hard thing to come by far this far down, and one of the first lessons the abandoned are forced to learn. One of them makes for the front door. He hurries up the worn steps, leading the entrance, nearly stumbling face first before reaching it. His fist pounds on the door until it opens, and a young woman looks down. Too young to be his mother, but old enough to be responsible for him. 
Now what did I tell you about playing on them stairs? She scolds, thumbing away a smudge of grime from the boy's cheek. I've told you they're tricky. And be careful, one of these days... One of these days, I say, stopping at the front of the steps, you'll collect a crack in your skull. Her eyes go wide. I knew her voice the second I heard it, and it's enough to sting my own eyes with a touch. My mind fights to reconcile the young woman standing there with the shy little girl I once knew. I used to have to warn a little girl here about that all the time, I smile. She was trying her hand as a tumbler when her head wasn't buried in a book. Gave up on the tumbling, she replies, gently guiding the boy through the door before stepping outside and closing it behind her. But I still like to read when I can find the time. Row? The first stair creaks under my weight as I place a foot on it. Is that you? Can't be. It's me. I climb another stair. You can't be Row. Rose just a kid, barely reaches my hip. Look at how you sprouted. Nobody stays a kid down here for long, she says. You should know that better than anybody. Another stare. It's good to see you. Been a long time. Yes. Well, she looks down, I'm not the one who went anywhere. I stop my climb and take a step back. The hurt is clear in her voice. When I left, she was just a kid, one I had looked after from the day she first showed up at Hope House. I'd never let her run with me, kept her clear of the scraps and stealing and gangs. I protected her, and then I left. Heard you're with the law now, Rose says, leaning back against the door. You see a badge anywhere? I spread my arms out wide. I was a warden for a little while, yeah, but we've gone our separate ways as of late. Seems to happen a lot. I dip my head. Hey, if you want to brawl, we can brawl. You're old enough now. Despite herself, a thin smile slips through. Maybe. Can't wait till I get back? Roe asks. I'm going to go in in just a moment. Go where? Roe looks back towards the door. Then to me. She's silent for a moment, considering me. I glance at her and notice a pin on her collar little more than an etching on a chip of scrap metal. It's of a spider. Have you ever heard of the voice? I leave with Roe, walking through the crumbling neighborhoods toward the gathering. I listen to her talk about her life, learning about this new person she's blossomed into. The shyness is still there, but she's still smart from all those nights I saw her with her head hidden in the books, but there's more to her now. There's conviction in her, an intensity that shines in her eyes. I stick to asking questions, skirting around mentioning what I'm doing down here. All the talking starts a coughing fit that nearly doubles me over. What? Ro laughs. <laughs> Spent too long up in the gray, huh? I took a pipe to the ribs, I wince, pressing my hand to my side. A message of welcome from your friends when I stepped off the howl. Her smile dulls. We all want the same thing. An end to the oppression. Libertation from the barons and the clans. Clean air. Just not everybody agrees on how we should get there. 
Most are coming from life in the gangs, so they're still on edge. There's great people here, kind people who just want a better future for us. I'd spent years in Piltover, walking among those who saw Zaun as nothing but a prison, a wasteland, an underworld. Piltover looked down and saw Zaun's eyes looking back at them, and they either pitied him or hated him. So, or tried to speak for them, like that punk I'd arrested. They certainly seem preferable to the lot I've met already, I say. Roe nods. I'll show you. The closer we get, the more people we see. They're all kinds, young and old, members of rival gangs who were out there to slit each other's throats only weeks ago, all walking together. Every one of them has a spider on them, on a patch or a tattoo or a pen like Rose. They're filing into an old factory with only three walls upright and no ceiling, waiting in patient lines to gain entry. We reach the door, barred by a pair of brutes, they are armed, one augmented with a claw of burnished iron, but they know each person by name, greeting them warmly as they come in. Ro, my sister, you are welcome, one of them says, his voice low and soft despite his aggressive bulk. Then he looks to me. But this one? No. Let her in, Ro tells them. She's with me. She is sunstained, says the other, lifting his chin with a sneer. Not to be trusted. They want to turn me away for the joke of a tan I've gotten upstairs in Piltover. Not because I joined with the wardens. These guys must be new. She's come to hear the voice. I vouch for her, Tog. Rose stares the guard in the eye, not backing down. Get out of the way. The pair convene, muttering, before turning back to us. The voice is for all of us to hear, so you're welcome too, but we will be watching. I feel their eyes on me as we step inside, and the static's enough to have me taking in the room for ways out if this goes wrong. The place is a wreck, full of holes and collapsed masonry. If things turn red, I can get out. The only question is whether Roe will run with me or after me. There's no pomp and ceremony, no music or votive candles, no dish passed hand-to-hand -hand for contributions to the cause. There's just a mass of people surrounding a mound of rubble in the center where a man sits calmly waiting. Is that him? I whisper to Roe. The voice? She nods. I look over at him. This man who conquered the sump, and I don't understand. He's young, barely older than Roe, little more than a kid himself, scrawny and gaunt, and he's got the look of a ganger in his eyes, eyes that have seen his share of horror, but there's a strange warmth there, too, like he has a secret to tell just to you. The last of the assembly enters, and the voice begins to speak. I see many new faces. His voice is gentle, almost quiet, though it carries to every ear. You are all welcome here. Each one of us found our way here to this place. Countless paths leading to where they become one. Know now that you are no longer alone. I scan the crowd. 
all are hanging on his every word. I wonder how much of never, no one has ever heard those words said to them before. They're rejected and abused and forgotten, seen as people for the first time. We all bear scars, the voice continues. The marks of the lives we've had to live, our trials and our sufferings. The world has done all that it can to beat us down, to convince us that to stay there and be grateful for what little we have. That has been the reality here for far too long, and it is time that changed. Murmurs of affirmation wash over the gathering. You don't need to have worked as a warden to feel the tension ratcheting up. The voice is dredging up wounds, making them raw again. He isn't lying. These people have borne more than their fair share of hurt, but I can see the game he's playing, hidden beneath the truth. How long have their boots been on our throats? His voice begins to rise, its edge sharpening. The Kembarans, they use our home to build their wealth. And what do we get from it? We get poison in the air we breathe and in the water we drink. Sickness, pain, death. Is this what we deserve? No! 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 The crowd's angry now, playing right into his hands. I glance at Roe beside me, and I see the same rage in her as in every other face. <sighs> Maybe it's the contrarian in me, but I feel like they should have found a theater to hold this performance. I say no more, growls the voice. No more will we weep for brothers and sisters too weak to stand, or watch as our children's lives waste away. The barons will pay for what they've done. But more than that, we will bring justice to those they truly serve. Oh, here it comes. The voice stabs an accusing finger skyward. The corrupt merchants in that city towering over us, a city where the sun shines so bright it blinds them to the crimes they have committed here. The pain they have caused you and the ones you love. They hide that bitterness because they think it will protect them. But it will not. Not after he arrives. Odd whispers fill the room. Like he's just spoken of a god. Roe brushes a tear from her eye. They're all drawn in, but... Nothing about this feels right, and I've yet to trust a word that's come from this voice. Who is he talking about? I ask, but Roe nods back to him as he continues. I am his voice, and we, all of us, his sons. I have seen his face. I have heard his words and survived his test. He laid his hands upon me as his chosen to seek out his flock and make him ready for his return. That day is soon to dawn, my brothers and sisters, not one of retribution, but of justice. And who will pay the blood price for that? Silence descends. All eyes turn to me as I find myself standing. What are you doing? Roe hisses, tugging at my hand. Damn my temper, Vi, you're a terrible spy. Well, no going back now. I've heard this talk before, I say both to the voice and the crowd. Glib talkers who prey on the pain of the wronged and the dispossessed. They rile them up and in the name of justice, and all they want to do is see their puppets dance because he wants to be a god. 
the voice listens, without any change to his patient facade. I have not seen you be here before, sister. You are new to our ways. None can fault you for not seeing them clearly. I see clearly, I glare at him. I see a cult getting whipped up to spill blood. And I see a liar promising freedom and prosperity but putting armed thugs at every entrance to his territory. They are what will win our freedom, he answers plainly. He looks me over. If our brothers attacked you, then I am sorry. You must understand that a dog can only be kicked so many times before he bites back. We've waited and we've waited, but now there is no other way. He walks down from his mound of rubble, slowly approaching with his arms spread wide. I see much pain in you, a hurt you keep hidden behind your eyes. I see a child of Zon who has strayed from her rightful home, Piltover has its corruptive mark all over you. You think strength lies in helping our oppressors to change, but they won't ever change. You, you have strength, strength that could help liberate these people. Man, he certainly has a way with words. I realize I've made fists and exhale slowly to release them. As much fun as making a crater out of his head would be, I wouldn't last five seconds after. Whatever pain I have is mine, I thump a fist against my chest. I carry the weight of the choices I've made, and I don't push them over onto others. I don't make scapegoats, and I don't believe the wrongs done to me justify my inflicting them on someone else. The voice looks down and chuckles softly before meeting my gaze again. <laughs> he would like you. But if this is not your path, then leave now, and no harm will come to you. Return, though, and I can make no promises. I glance down at Roe, every face staring at me. I'll go, and so should all of you. There's no one coming, no great being to deliver you. All I see is a man looking for lost people to do his bidding. Again. That soft smile, almost sad and without a hint of malice. No, my child, he is very real. And soon enough, you won't have to rely on my words to know that. And that brings us to a close for part two of our Child of Zon read-through. We'll do part three next week. Thanks again for joining us, and stay tuned for more League of Legends lore.